Good morning, everyone. Yeah. It's so good to be here today. Um, I join in, I don't even tell Dan this, but I join in online quite a bit with what God's doing here at, at LifeSpring. Um, and just incredibly privileged and proud to say that at one point in time, I, was, I was, uh, got to be a pastor of this house and to watch God move in incredible ways and to come back even seven years later and to see what God is still doing. But also, let's just be honest this morning, um, the different levels that he's taken this house to uh, is incredible. And so I know sometimes it's very easy for us uh, as, as we just attend church services and maybe even we don't even want to admit it sometimes, we just go through the motions. But there are those times where I believe God says, hey, I'm doing something special. I'm doing something remarkable here in this place. And I don't, I'm not getting paid to say that this morning, right? Like, I, I'm not getting paid to say that this morning. I'm just telling you what I sense and observe just by who God is in this house. And so don't overlook that, life spring. Don't allow the enemy just to squelch that or put that on the back burner. But God is doing something amazing here in this house. And he's using you guys to impact not just this city, but also the region that God has planted you in. I don't know about you, but 2020 is a time whenever people need the good news of the gospel. And how many you know that the gospel is full of good news, right? And we say, Lord, would you just make me a vessel where the gospel flows through me? And I see that so much here. Like, I am so encouraged, even by the worship this morning, and to see all that God is doing. So thank you for having us today. And let me just say this as well. You guys are blessed with, hands down, the best senior pastors. No, you put your hands together this morning. Yeah, come on. The best senior pastors. 2020 was, it has, has not and was not an easy time to lead. And maybe we, look, we overlooked that sometimes, but it was, there were tough decisions that had to be made. There were things that went against everything that we wanted to do that had to be done. You know, all those kind of things. And yet you still have faithful pastors sitting here on the front row full of joy every Sunday morning and ready to pour into your life as well. And you can celebrate that this morning. So, Dan, Mary, we love you guys. Y'all are the greatest in my opinion, and I would fight somebody over it, okay? I'm serious. I'm serious. And I'm sorry that Baylor won the national championship. That's all I'm going to say about it. Sick and bears, all right? Sick and bears. <laughs> uh, well, that's not in my notes, okay? I just felt it by the Spirit this morning. <laughs> oh, life's been it's so good. Hey, my wife, Jessie, is here with me this morning. Babe, would you stand up real quick and just say hi? This is my beautiful wife. See, what, uh, what, what you don't know is she is a total godsend uh, in my life and what God has brought me and allowed me to, to be a part of. Our marriage, I, I love what God's doing. We just had Addison uh, about a year ago, like right before... Corona, COVID became a thing. Addie was born, and like the next week, everything got locked down. So I was like, thank you, Lord, for getting Addie here and letting us go home, right? And letting us go home. And so all that took place. And now, now Jesse is pregnant again, right? Because why not? Why not? Uh, and we, we are excited for what God's doing uh, just in and through our family. He's up to great things. And so thank you for allowing us to be here this morning and really joining in on everything that God wants to do. So we're going to jump in today. I'm excited for the word I feel like God's given me for this place. 
Um, and, and, and let me just say it like this. I believe God has a word for life spring, but I also believe that God has a word for you as well, okay? Now, now ultimately, the church is people. But God talks on a, I believe, a place of, of, of to the church, but also to us as individuals as well, okay? And I believe that God has given us a word today that we're going to look into. And by the time that we get done, I feel like God is going to be saying something to each one of us. But let me ask you a question this morning. Do we have any superhero fans in here today? Superheroes. I'm talking, I'm talking like you're, you're sold out for the comic books, right? You, you, you love them. You watch the movies, you, you may know every word, those kind of, I'm really like, is there any superhero nerds in here today? Like, you're like, that, that's me, that's me. A couple, okay, you're, you're still in denial, but that's okay, like, all right, we're going to get you there this morning, okay? But, but let, me, let me ask you this, okay, I'm going I'm, I'm to do a poll real quick. Who is, whose team, uh, is there a team Marvel in here? Marvel, you say, yep, Marvel's, Marvel's my squad. All right, what about, what about DC, DC, Team DC? And some of you are like, I don't even know what any of that means, right? <laughs> Could you just talk about the word today? Uh, yeah, we're going to get there. But I'm, I'm, I'm Team Marvel, and, 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 and I started looking into this really a couple of months ago and how, how, how we all grow up, I believe, with something that is inbred and implanted into us to do something heroic with our lives. Now, there's a, there, there's a seed that I believe that God even himself plants in our hearts to do something heroic with the life that God has called us to live. And as we look at comics, you know, I look at Superman and I'm like, man, he, he, he had an impact on the world. He changed lives. You look at Batman, you're like, man, if, if I could just save a city, you know, and all these kind of things. But God today is even calling us, okay, if you can hear it this morning, to be heroic for him. God calls us to live from this place of being heroic for him. And, and, and the big truth today is, if you can grab it, is God wants to do incredible things in and through your life. Church, grab that this morning. God wants to do incredible things in your life. Heroic things, if you will. He has not called us just to live an ordinary, mundane, day in, day out, 8 to 5, pay the bills, take care of the kids, make sure they're fed. That's a part of the responsibilities, right? But God himself has called us to live heroic lives for him. See, sometimes I believe we look back in the Bible and we say, well, that was, that was for those guys, you know, years and years and thousands of years ago. But God even calls us today. He said, I'm doing the same thing in and through your life today as I was doing back then. And it's for us to, to grab a hold because as we look at the Bible, we see this. We see God does heroic things, extraordinary things through ordinary people. You said, Adam, are you calling me ordinary today? Yeah. Yeah. We're all pretty ordinary in here. We, are, we, we all just carry some ordinary things in our life. But God loves to take the ordinary people and do heroic things in and through their lives. And many times, those heroic, extraordinary things may even look ordinary when they begin. But then God in His power and His extra comes alongside of our ordinary. And now all of a sudden, there's something supernatural that is taking place in and through our lives because we said yes to Him. That's how it all starts. When I lay it down, I say, God, I want you to do what only you can do in and through my lives. And so today we're going to look at this and we're going to see how God 
used a man in the Old Testament to do heroic things in and through. Real quick, let me share a verse with you out of Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9. It says this, because if, if I haven't sold it on you yet, th- th- hopefully this will. Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those hearts who are loyal to him. What is that verse telling us right there? That God is actually looking for people to show himself strong in. You see, many times, if we're honest, we believe that we have to convince God to do something with my life. God, I'm going to need you to show up and do something. And I know i got areas, right? God, i got some, I got some places that need work. But, but Lord, would you please, and, 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 and can I convince you to do something with my life? But Second Chronicles right there actually says that God takes the initiative and he searches us out. And he says, no, I am actually looking for vessels to pour myself into to do extraordinary things in their life. I'm not begging God to do something amazing with my life. He's waiting for me to posture my heart and say yes to what it is he already wants to do. And there's times when we walk through seasons, right? We walk through mess and the enemy tries to rob us of that. But today, let that seed settle in your heart that God is looking for you today. Well, Adam, I just, I just work a normal job, right? I'm just a pizza delivery guy, or I'm just, you know, I work for an electric, or whatever it is ordinary that we have made up in our mind. God is still looking at you, and he's saying, I'm going to do something extra with it. I'm going to do something that blows your mind that you could have never done, because I am searching the earth to show myself strong on those whose hearts are loyal to me. All right? Let's jump in. That was just, that, that was just the appetizer, okay? Are you all still with me today? All right, so Genesis, we're going to be in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, and this is a famous scripture that many of us already know, and when I began to read it, you'll understand. But God is about to encounter a guy at the time whose name is Abram. Soon later, he's going to change it to Abraham, okay? And so God is about to encounter Abram and do something in his life that Abram never thought was possible. So Genesis 12, 1 through 3, let's go. It says this, it says, Now the Lord had said, everybody say said, One more time, church. Now say said. All right. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. How many know that God blesses us to be a blessing? It's not something cute we say in church. That's the reality of who he is. And he says, and I am going to make you a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. Lord, even as we just open your word, God, I already feel your, your spirit speaking to us and Lord, we just, we, we just open our hearts to you this morning. Maybe some of us in here are not even used to this church thing. Others, Lord, this is what we do. But God, I pray that you would encounter each one of us exactly where we're at this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in this place and speaking to our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, does anybody remember the song? See, I, I was a PK. 
preacher's kid, if you don't know what that stands for, right? I was a PK, and so, so we were in church every time the doors were open. The old, the old preacher uh, uh, joke was, you know, I had a drug problem when I was growing up. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open. My dad used to tell that all the time, and I was like, Dad, it's not funny. It's just not funny. But every time, every time the doors were open, you know, like we were in church. And so I grew up in kids' ministry, much like what they're doing there this morning. And we, and, and we sang this song, right? The Father Abraham song. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham, for I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right on, Father. No, we're not, we're not going to go through the whole song, okay? All right, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. All right. We're not, we're not going to journey through the whole song, but, but, but this is the Abraham that Genesis 12 picks up on. Now, the reality of this Abraham is this, is that we sing this song, Father Abraham had many sons thousands of years later, but as God promised Abraham here out of Genesis 12, guess what? Abraham had nobody. That's the reality of the life that Abraham is living. Abraham had no children at this point whenever God shows up and begins to speak this promise, actually this covenant over Abraham's life, there was nobody to be seen or found around him. Yet God is promising Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. All right, God, if you call me to be the father of a nation, I might could grab a hold of that one. But, but, but many nations? And God begins to speak this promise over Abraham's life. And, 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 and what Abraham is in the moment of is a divine interruption by God. This divine interruption that God shows up in Abraham's life and he says, Abraham, I know how things have been in the past, but I'm getting ready to do something new. I'm getting ready to do something in your life I'm getting ready to do something in and through you that you never thought was possible. This, this, this divine interruption that God invites all of us into. The Bible declares it like this, that, that there are these kairos moments. These kairos moments where, where in these moments, everything changes. In these moments with God, that which used to be now has been changed and now I am my trajectory of my life has changed, and I am launched into a new season. These kairos moments that God wants us all to discover. This is where Abraham is. And when we make the right decision in those moments, it's like the floodgates of heaven began to open up, and God begins to do heroic things in and through our lives. So Abraham, God makes this covenant to him, and he basically promises him three things if you look at it. He promises him. I'm going to bless you with land. I'm going to bless you with, with people. And then Abraham, I'm just going to bless you, bless you. Right? I, I, I don't even know what to call the third one. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to bless your life. So land, people, and blessing. But the reality was that Abraham had none of these things to this point in his life. There was nothing there that Abraham could go, Oh, yeah, I could see how you do that because this is what you... No, no, there was nothing to base it off. There was nothing to base it off at this time. And so Abraham had to grab a hold of what God was speaking to him and not let go. Abraham had to, had to grab a hold of the word of God for his life and, and, and not let go. 
So I, I told you we, we have a baby named Addisey. Anybody recognize these things right here? Now, let me tell you something, okay? These, these things are dangerous for little kids. You would think, like, this would be, like, styrofoam or something. No, it's plastic. Like, it'll make you bleed, right? I remember the first time I gave it to Addie and it started bouncing all over the place. I was like, well, give me that ball, right? Like, we ain't got time for a hospital trip today. Uh, but, but, but one of the things, that, go with me, okay? It's a funny illustration, but go with me this morning. Humor me today, okay? Now, now, now what God does in and through our lives is, 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 is he shows up in moments of our lives and he says, hey, this is what I'm going to do with your life. This is, this is the areas I'm going to bless you in. And, and, and God places a blessing into our hands. And if we're honest, many of the times we just think, well, God said it. It's just going to happen. God said it. I'm just going to sit on my couch, eat the cheese puffs, right? And I'm just going to wait for it to show up in my doorstep. But, but, but what it actually looks like is God puts that blessing, that promise, that covenant that he says to us into our hands. He says, this is what I'm going to do in and through your life. Many times it looks like this, though. It begins to shake before you know it. It's no longer in your hands. It's one of those things that, yeah, God told me, but man, it was too hard to hold on to. There were some things that whenever God placed that in my hand, I, I didn't even struggle with. Now I struggle with. There were, some, there were some enemies out there that began to attack me whenever God began to speak his word over my life that I didn't even know existed. There were some hardships that began to hit my life whenever God spoke over my life that I didn't even know were there. There was a financial crisis that was right around the corner when God said he was going to bless me, and now I don't even have enough money to pay the bills. You know, all these kind of things began to happen. All these kind of things began to happen in our lives. And so what we have to understand and what we have to learn to do as believers and followers of him is exactly what Abraham did. Where God spoke the blessing and the promise over Abraham's life, and Abraham said, no matter what happens, I'm not letting go. No matter, no matter what happens, no matter how hard it shakes, no matter how, how, how many times it tries to escape my grasp, God, I'm not letting go of the promise you have spoken over my life. I'm not going to let go. I understand things are going to come, but I'm not letting go of what it is that you're saying. You see, we, we, we do. We, we just want to believe that God said it. It's good. We're good. But what we don't understand is there's a process to the promise. It's a process to the promise where God speaks over our lives. Abraham. You see, what makes Abraham so heroic wasn't that God blessed his life. It was that he did not let go of the promise. That's what, that's what I, mean, I mean, you can look at somebody who's, who, whose life has been, we, we look at somebody and say, man, your life has been blessed by God. That doesn't make them heroic. It's the behind-the-scene process that makes them heroic. That, wow, I know you have been through things in your life, and God spoke that over you. God spoke that over this church. God said those things, but guess what? There was a process of holding on and saying, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. No matter what may come, I'm not letting go of the promise that God is speaking. You see, Abraham, when God promises to him, when God promises to Abraham, he was 75 years old. And really, the promise did not show up for 25 years. Live in that tension today with me, church. Live in that tension where God promises things, but for 25 years, you didn't see it. For 25 years, you know, after, after about five years... Not even going to take me five years. After a couple of years, 
after about five minutes, right? I'm be like, well, must have missed God. Must have just been an emotional experience I was having. Must have just, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, we begin to write off what God is actually trying to do in our lives. Abraham is in this tension where for 25 years, he doesn't see it happen. I wonder how many people are sitting in here today, in these seats today, and watching online, that have a promise from God that you have not seen become a reality yet. I mean, we, we carry these promises, but we haven't seen it happen yet. God has spoken His promises, His destiny, His future over your life, and yet here we are sitting in the tension of going, Is God? Did I, did I miss it? Did, 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 did He really say that? And we're in this tension of either letting go of it or holding on to it and saying, God, I'm not going to let go until I see all that you said become a reality. I'm not letting go of the promises that you shared to me for my life through your word. I'm not letting go of the promises that I've just heard you speak by your spirit to my spirit. I'm not letting go of the promises that people have shared with me one to another. I believe that's how God speaks. Through his word, through his spirit, and the people around you. I'm not letting go of the promises you have spoken over my life. And you know that you heard God, but now here it is. You're on this journey, right? You're in this, you're in this place where now you're going to have to get into the process and hold on to the promise of what God has said, of what God is wanting to do in and through your life. See, many times we miss it because we don't want to put in the work for it. We don't, if it, if it ain't easy, it ain't God. That's these texts right there for you, right? I would have got a couple of hallelujahs at, back, back, back in Canton on that one, all right? If it ain't easy, it ain't God. That's baloney. That is, that is so far removed from what we see in Scripture. That is not the truth of God's Word. James 2 and verse 17 tells us this. It says that our faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's what? It's dead. It's dead. Now, it's talking about many things in that, in, in, in that passage right there. But basically what it's saying to our lives is saying, oh yeah, you can claim to have faith all day long, but let me see your works and I'll see if your faith is alive or not. I'll see if it's true. I'll see if it's active. I'll see if it's breathing. I'll see if it's in the process of grabbing a hold of the promise that God says for each one of us. So God wants to bring us into this place, number one, where we say yes to what he's saying to us and the promises he's releasing over our life. But then number two, where we hold on to it and say, God, I'm not letting go until I see it happen. So with the remainder of our time, I'm going to talk about four things real quick, okay, on how to hold on and grab a hold of the promises God has spoken over your life. Number one is this. You have to hear the promise. Everybody say hear. You have, to, you have to be able to hear the promise. You see, when we read there out of, out of Genesis, the first thing that it said, it said, and God said to Abraham. What, what was that? Guess what? If God said it, Abraham had to hear it. And God said to Abraham, and he began to go down the list of how he was going to bless and the promises that he had for his life. But Abraham had to hear the words that God was speaking over his life. Abraham had to hear God for himself. Many times, I think we chase the dreams of others because we've never heard God for ourselves. Right? We chase the dreams of what God has spoken to another person. I'm not talking about a church. 
but I am talking about us individually, okay? We chase those dreams because we've actually never heard from God ourselves. I believe that God wants us to hear His voice for ourselves today. The promises that He's releasing over us. And God wants to speak those promises. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you've come from. You may be sitting here today saying, I've blown it. I messed it up too bad. No, you have not. You're in the right spot this morning because God is trying to deliver a message to you today. I promise you, church, God is trying to speak His faith, His purpose, His promise over your life today. So, so, so forget about what happened last night, right? Forget about what happened this last week and press in in a moment. Say, God, I want to hear from your Holy Spirit in this moment. I'm just going to be stubborn about it, and I'm going, to, I'm going to tune in to what it is that you're saying. You have not messed it up. You have not blown it so bad that God has let you go. But He's still speaking His promises over your life. And God does not want you to live in uncertainty. Where we're just kind of existing. Oh, I, just, I don't know where to go. Right? There's seasons like that where you kind of just feel like, I don't, I don't I haven't heard God. I don't know where to go. And feel like we're just wandering. But in those moments... In those places, if we'll just begin to cry out to him and say, God, I need to, I need to hear from you. I, I want to hear your voice in this place. He's always faithful to speak. And he speaks to us and he releases the promises over his life. See, we live in Canton, Texas, and Canton's like a town of 3,600. Lots of cow pastures, right? Lots of, lo, lo, lots of big trucks and trailers, all right? So that's, that's where we are, right? It's actually the walking capital of Texas. I don't even know how we even got that, but we are the walking capital of Texas. I don't even know why anybody walks in Texas. It's so hot sometimes. Uh, I'm sweating just thinking about it, right? Uh, but, 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 but check this out, okay? So, so we live in this small rural town, and, 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 and sometimes the cell phone reception. Jesse and I just bought a new house, and, and right down the road, I get good reception at my house, really good reception at my house. But if I travel a quarter mile down the road, I'm on my way to church, on my way to work, guess what? All the reception drops out. And I'm usually on the phone at that point, right? Because I haven't figured out, don't call anybody until you get past that point. I've talked to Dan plenty of times and called him back five or six times. And he's like, hey, listen, I'll just talk to you later, man. I'll just, I'll just talk to you later. Like, call me when you get to Dallas, right? Like, like. But, but, but there's these areas, and, and it always ends up like this. Hey, what? Hello? What? And they're cutting out, like, no, 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 what would you say? Just say it real quick, hurry. And it begins to break up, and you can't hear what's being spoken to you from the other side of the phone. Oftentimes in our lives, maybe it might feel like that for you, where you feel that way with God. God, what, what is it that you're trying to say? I know you're speaking, but I, I just can't hear you. I, I, I'm not getting a clear representation of what it is that you're wanting to do in my life and the promises that you're speaking on my God, what are you saying to me in this moment? What are the promises that you're speaking? There's this breakup. And, 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 but but here's, here's the key, church. The key is positioning yourself in the right spot to hear. The key to hearing from God is positioning ourselves in the right spot to hear from Him. Let me tell you something. I, 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 there, there, are, there are physical places in my life where I know God's going to speak to me. Physical places. Yeah, no, physical places in my life where I know if I can just get to that spot and get quiet, God will speak. One of them is, 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 is at our house. 
one of them is just in the living room at our house and, 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 and as it, you know, going through the early morning devos. Another place is, is, is my office. There are, there are areas I know where if I can just get to that spot, man, God, I, is there something special about that spot? No, but it's like God does something in those moments for me. And He begins to release His words and His promises over my life. Church, where is your spot that you hear from God? Some of you is like, man, it, it's in the car on my commute to work. Or on my way back from work. See, there are, there, there are places, and we have to begin to recognize the places that God goes, now that I've got you quiet, I'm going to speak to your heart. We have to be able to hear what God is saying. Where are those spots in your life where you just quiet it all down, and you just said, speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. See, Abraham understood this. It said that God said to Abraham, well, Abraham heard what God was saying, and it changed his life and the futures of those after him. Hear from God. Hear the promise. The second thing is this. We have to learn how to, how to, how to wait patiently. Now, nobody throw anything at me, okay? Because if you're like me, don't tell me to wait. Please don't tell me to wait. All right? I've been waiting a lot in my life. Don't. That's the last thing I want to hear is wait. Wait patiently. Habakkuk 2 and verse 3 says this. It says, for the, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and what? It will not lie. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. You see, though, though what God has promised over your life, you do not see it yet, wait for it. Don't get out ahead of it. Don't try to rush it. Don't try to just make something happen. Wait for the word to become a reality. Abraham, 75 years old, he gets this promise. Abraham, I'm going to bless your life. Abraham, you're going to have kids. You're going to have a future and a destiny that's going to outlive you. Through you, I'm going to bless the nations of the world. 75 years old. Abraham doesn't see it until he's 100. 25 years. Here's the truth. I didn't come up with this, but it's absolutely right. Waiting time is never wasted time with God. Waiting time is never wasted time with God. But many times in our lives, during the waiting, we allow the discouragement to set in. Well, I just thought it would happen by now. I've been in Canton for seven years. I just thought, got something else to be going on by now. I just, you know, I just, I, I just had these dreams that God was going to do maybe just a little bit more. I just, you know, and all of a sudden we begin to think like that, right? And there's nothing wrong with, with, with in those moments, but but what happens is is, is that discouragement that I begin to speak out now begins to start living on the inside of me. I just thought I'd be married by now. I just thought, you know, I'd have kids by now. I just thought I'd be over this sin by now. I just thought this wouldn't be taking place in my life now. And all of a sudden, this discouragement begins to set in. Let me tell you what discouragement is to the promise. Discouragement is like an infection to the promise. It's like an infection in a wound, right? You, you, you ever had a cut on your leg or elbow or wherever? You ever had a cut and, and you didn't take care of it properly? You didn't put the right ointment on it and bandage it up and clean out the wound? You didn't do that. And what happens is over time, some gnarly stuff begins to happen, right? You're like, ooh, that just got nasty quick. Now I'm going to have to go see the doctor, right? Right? Because I don't want my leg to fall off. 
right? This infection begins to this infection begins to set in in our lives, and then all of a sudden, that, that, that which was just a scrape at one point now has become something a little bit more serious because because an infection has set in. Discouragement in our lives, discouragement in our waiting is the same as an infection in our lives. It begins to take on a life of its own, and before long, it grows into something we never saw it happening. This infection, and God says, hey, waiting time is never wasted time. Learn how to wait patiently. Learn how to wait on God and say, no, no, I know I don't see it right now, but my God is good and He's going to come through. I may not physically have a hold of it right now, but God is not a man that He should lie. And I'm going to hold on and I'm going to wait patiently in this moment. It's like with Jesse. My Lord, thank you for Jesse, my wife. I was single for a long time. I was single for a really long time, and, and, and they're like, oh, you should date this person, you should go at this person, you should go at that person. I was like, no, I just don't, I don't feel that way. And then somebody said something that clicked to me one time. And it's going to sound really churchy, okay? But I was talking to somebody about this situation. I'm like, man, you know, I'm single, and that, you know, I would love to share my life with somebody and have that relationship. And somebody, some, a pastor friend told me this. He said, Adam, best advice I can give you is this. Run after God. Run hard after God and just follow hard after Him. And then one day you're going to look up and you're going to look beside you and somebody's running just as hard as you are. And I thought, that just sounds really churchy. That's what a pastor would say. Right? Yeah, you got paid to say that one, right? Like... But I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to take him up on it. And, I, and that's what this I began to do. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to run after God's plan for my life. I'm going to pursue what he's called me to do. And then all of a sudden, I promise you, church, Jesse walked into my life. And I thought, hmm, she's cute. Whew. I'll take her, please, right? <laughs> I'll never forget the first time she walked in. She walks in about six, seven months after I'm in Canton. I saw her walk in, and I think I'm in the middle of prayer. And I was like, oh, she's cute, but I'm in the middle of a prayer. I need to pray. Confessions of a pastor, okay? All right? Can we get real? But then, and then, then I found out she led worship. So I got on YouTube and, and searched up some of her worship stuff, and she was really good. And so I had a decision to make. Do I want a worship leader or a girlfriend? Because what if I have a girlfriend and she doesn't work out? Somebody's got to go, right? I'm just confessions of a pastor. So we became friends for a long time. We did, and we, 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 we did a lot of ministry stuff together. We were friends for a long, long time. And then, and, then, and then we got married, and God's been doing amazing things since, right? But, 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 but here's the truth. I'll take a clap, absolutely. Not for me, for her. She deserves more of it than I do. Um, but there was this waiting patiently for what God wanted to do. And, and sometimes in the waiting, sometimes in the waiting, many times in the waiting, every time in the waiting... God is developing you. God is developing you. And he's, he's stretching you. That was my word for 2021. I know that I know that I heard God said, 2021 is a year of stretch. And I thought, I know what stretch means. Stretch means pain. Stretch means pain. And I promise you, 2021 has been a year of stretch where God goes, I'm not stretching you to kill you, but I'm stretching you so that you can receive more of who I am. That's what God's doing, church. That's what he's doing. We have to learn how to wait patiently. The third thing is this. I promise you I'm going to wrap up. third thing is this, is, 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 is you, have to, you have to begin to look at the promise God has said over your life. What I mean by that? Write it down. Write it down. Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 says this. It says, write the vision down and make it plain on tablets that he 
may run who reads it. Write the promise down and make it plain so that whenever you're forced to go back and look at it, guess what? It sparks faith in my heart that that is what God said. I'm going to write it down. We're prone to forget. If you're anything like me, you're prone to forget. God will speak in this moment, and five minutes later down the road, I forgot what he said. What did he say? What did he say? Begin to write it down and make it plain so that you can run with the promises of God. Write it down. What, what am I writing down over my life? What am I writing down over life spring? What am I writing down over my family, over my business, over my health, over my kids, over my finances? What am I writing down? What are the promises of God for our lives? Jesus, what are you speaking? I'm going to be faithful to write it down because I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget what you're saying. I want to grab a hold. I want nothing to be lost. I want to grab a hold of all that you've promised over my life. Just like with Abraham. I'm going to, I'm going to grab a hold of it. Nothing would escape my grasp, but I would catch all of it. Write it down. Here's the truth about God's promises. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20 tells us this. That the promises of God always. I love, I love when the Bible puts an always or an all in there. That all the promises of God are yes and amen over your life. All of them. All the promises of God over your life are yes and amen. They are yes and so be it. God, I'm grabbing a hold of it. I'm going to write them down by faith knowing that you're moving in and through my life. The fourth thing is this. In order to hold on to the promise and what God is speaking over our lives, we have to simply keep the faith. Everybody say faith. See, we have to learn how to, how to, how to keep the faith. And, 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 and here's the reality of faith is faith has a vocabulary. Faith has a vocabulary. And faith actually is, is, is speaking. Faith isn't sitting by. Faith isn't waiting for things to happen. But faith has a vocabulary. Faith begins to thank God, right? How I many you know it's easy to thank God after something happens? It's hard to... It's harder to thank God before it actually shows up. It's easy to say, God, I thank, Lord, thank you for what you've done in my life. It's harder to say, God, I know what you're getting ready to do in my life. And I thank you in advance for the promises that you've delivered over me, for what it is that you're going to do in my life. You see, faith has a vocabulary. And it begins to thank God before anything shows up. Before anything takes place. Faith begins to rise up in our heart and begins to speak the promises of God over our lives. You see, Abraham had to deal with this. Abraham had to deal with this thought that, did God really say what he said? We just read Genesis 12. Well, in Genesis 18, God has another encounter, or excuse me, Abraham has another encounter with God. And in this encounter... God tells Abraham once again that his wife, Sarah, at the time, right? They're already old. They're advanced in age. It ain't going to happen. God tells Abraham again, he says, hey, at this time in the future, guess what's going to happen? Your wife, Sarah, is going is to bore a son to you. She's going to give birth to a son to you. I love the Bible because it's real. And it says that Sarah is sitting just a little ways away and she hears the promise that God speaks over Abraham's life and she laughs. She laughs at it. Don't you know how old I am? Children ain't coming, right? This, is, this isn't happening anymore. 
Don't you know how old I am? How, how, how advanced in years I am? Now, oh, now the promise of God is going to show up. Shh. Where were you 25 years ago? When you spoke the promise, why, why, why did we have to wait 25 years? And so, so, so Abraham, Abraham goes to Sarah, right? And he says, why did you laugh? Why did you? Oh, I didn't laugh. You ever been in one of those moments with your spouse, right? See, what you have to learn to do is you have to learn how to keep the faith even when others laugh at what God said to you. You have to learn how to say, no, nah, this, this is what God said to me. This is what he said to my life. I don't know if everybody else is going to get on board with it. It would be awesome if they did. But at the end of the day, I don't need you to anyways. Because God has spoken over my life the promises that he is getting ready to release. And I'm going to grab a hold of it by faith. And my vocabulary is going to change from one of discouragement to one of faith. That's saying the same God that promises is the same God that delivers. The same God that spoke the promise over my life when I was a teenager is the same God that's going to deliver when I'm in my 50s. The same God that promised me children is the same God that's going to deliver children into my life. The same God that promised me a spouse is going to be the same God that delivers a spouse in my life. The same God that delivered or promised me a job that would support me and my family is going to be the same God that delivers that job. And I know that some people may not want to hear it, may not understand it, but I'm going to keep believing by faith. I'm going to keep putting my hope and my trust and my faith in Him, knowing that the best days are not behind, but the best days are ahead. The best days were not pre-2020, but the best days are ahead. Church, God is getting ready to move and already is moving in such a powerful way. Here in Livespring, but all across the world as well. And when the world would try to tell us, yeah, but did that, did God really say? Is that really? No, He did. He did. And He's moving in a powerful way. Not just for me personally, but also the church I'm connected to and everything that He's going to do in and through this world. Church, we have to understand how to hold on to the promise. I promise you this, the gates of hell are going to try to come against it. It's just the truth. We have to learn how to take a hold of that promise and say, God, I'm not letting go. Just like Abraham, I'm not letting go of the promise that you have spoken over my life. You see, faith rises up and says, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. God's going to come through every time. I believe we're not done. God will provide. You see, that's the vocabulary of faith that God is drawing us into today. I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know how you walk through the doors today. But the promises of God over your life are yes and amen. Today it's our responsibility to reach out, grab a hold of those and say, I'm not letting go of the promises, God, that you've spoken over me, my family, my church, everything that's near and dear to my heart. I'm not letting go. I even feel this even prophetically in this room today. Some of you, some of you have, 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 have some kids that have just strayed off. Seeing some people here in Lightning that, that, that have just strayed off. The promises of God is that He's going to get them. They will return. Those prodigals that you thought are, are gone for good, never coming back, never to be seen again, the 
the love of God is going to chase them down. He's going to return them back to your life, but also connect them here in this place. Would you stand with me this morning, church? Maybe just close your eyes just for a moment. I promise you, sometimes I'm funnier than that. But I really felt like God wanted to release his promise over your life today. And there's a moment here, just like we talked about with Abraham. There's this, there's this Kairos moment that God is calling us to step out into today. And we all carry promises. We all have those dreams, those desires that God has spoken into our heart. And I believe today that the enemy has tried to bury some of those promises in your life. He's tried his absolute best to get you to forget about it or get discouraged about it or plain and simply just throw it away. But today I believe God is breathing by the power of his Holy Spirit freshly on those promises in your life today. Hey, so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this spot today, you say, Adam, I have, I'm carrying those things. They're there. And I haven't seen it yet, but, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm believing for God to come through. Would you just throw your hand up at me today? Yeah, hold them up for just a second. I, 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 there's a moment. Jesus, you see the hands in the room today. God, all that you've spoken, even prophetically over your people's lives. And I pray that delay is destroyed in this moment. Delay is destroyed in this moment. And that the promises of God, just as Corinthian declares, the promises of God are always yes and amen. So we just release, God, your prophetic promises, destiny, future, purpose over people's lives today. The strongholds that would be trying to resist what it is that you're doing, they come down today in Jesus' name. And your people are free to walk into the purposes and the destiny that you've created. Maybe you're in this place today with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you've never, you've never given your life to Jesus. You, I mean, you've never made that decision in your heart that I want to follow Jesus with my life. Because church, this is where it all starts. I've never made that decision. Or maybe you hadn't, and today you're like, man, I want to recommit that decision to God. If that's you in the room today, would you just throw your hand up at me? See that one? Yeah, absolutely. See it back there? Absolutely. Lord, in this moment, I thank you for what you're doing. You're speaking and you're working in all the ways that you can. God, I thank you that you're even redeeming lost things in people this morning. Would you continue to move in our lives? Would you break down the walls of hindrances and move us and press us and push us into all that you have? Jesus, we love you. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we please thank